they gave me a new mic. different one there we go it's a little early it's okay y'all don't mind if we start early though right no of course not hey let's stand to our feet as we get ready for worship some of y'all it's killing you because you like have that a type personality like no you've got to wait until it's all the way at zero we could just stand here for 10 seconds let's pray heavenly father thank you so much for this beautiful crisp day we love you we enjoy your presence, we enjoy being together. Whether we're here in person or online, we, we want to experience you more and more. Grow us, grow our faith. Help us to understand you. Help us to connect more with you in our relationship. We just want to think about your goodness today as we worship and as we put you higher than any other thought, higher than any other thing in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Let's worship this morning.
gonna be afraid Cause these waves are only waves I'm not gonna be afraid I'm not gonna be afraid I'm not gonna fear the storm Cause you are greater than its roar Amen I'm not gonna fear the storm
up, sing it out. Oh, heart, believe, let faith rise up in me. Come on, we're seeking together. So let faith rise up, oh, heart, believe, let faith rise up in me. We thank you for your presence here today, God.
in his hands. It's all in his hands. You know, this week we've been talking in our Seeking God about trusting him. And there was a little note in there of encouragement to kind of use your hands kind of as an exercise to trust him with, right? And Corey talked a little bit in his posture series. The first message was about the lifting of hands. All throughout scripture, there's, there's things that we can do with our bodies to worship God or to surrender to God. And so I want to encourage us this morning, if you feel comfortable doing so, whether you're at home or you're right here, is to hold your hand out in front of you or your hands either way. And picture that you're holding something. And the word that I, was, that I had in my heart as I was worshiping is angst. There's somebody here with a lot of angst in your life. Whatever that angst is, picture that in your hands. Whatever that concern or whatever that worry is, whatever that frustration is, whatever that doubt is, picture it in your hands like a bunch of marbles. Go ahead and turn your hand over and let it go. We give it to God. We trust you, God. We trust you, God. You're a good God. You're a good God. Now let's take this one step further. Now hold in your hands all the good things that you can think of from this week. Your family moments, your kid moments, your worship moments, your Bible moments, your prayer moments, those moments of joy, those moments of gladness, that breath of fresh air, the way the sun hit you, that great news from a family member, whatever it is, all those good moments this week, lift it up to God. God, I give it to you because you are good. You're responsible for that. Every amount of goodness that's in my life, God, is because of you. Every amount of financial benefit that's in my life, God, it's because of you. It's because of you, God, that we are where we are and that we have what we have and that we are who we are. And we love you and we lift those things back up to you and we worship you and honor you because of that. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now just take a moment. Just focus on him. Just a moment. Maybe he'll speak to you about something you need to do, something you need to say to somebody. We want to be attentive to God, right? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's give him a hand clap of praise. He is good. You may be seated. Thank you for doing that with me. I know that was kind of out of the ordinary. Maybe made you feel a little uncomfortable. That wasn't my goal. I wasn't trying to make you feel uncomfortable. I just felt like that was something we should do together to worship God, whether you're at home or you're here with us uh, in person. So I want to welcome you this morning. I want to welcome everybody. I also want to welcome specifically our guests. If you're a guest with us this morning, we thank you so very much for taking time out of your weekend and out of your schedule to come and uh, see how things are at Christian Fellowship Church or CF Paris. Thank you for coming. We'd love to know that you're here in your seat back or at the link um, there that you're getting online. There's a new here form or a new here card. If you'd fill that out, we'd love to send you a note of thanks. Also, we have a gift for you if you're here in person. Um, right out, right, right over there in the back, you'll find it. Um, we'd love to give it to you. So go grab one on your way out the door. So thank you for being here. Um, I will uh, point out uh, offering. We depend on giving and uh, scripture talks about giving of our tithe and of our offerings and first fruits and those types of things. It's a biblical thing and it's part of what we do as Christians as we give back 
some of the financial goodness that he's given to us back to him, right? It's all his anyway. And so some people talk about 10% or, or all these different ideas of what you give back. But the main thing is to be obedient to God. Pray and ask him what he'd want you to give and you give that. Amen. And so we'd love uh, to give you that opportunity. If God's laying it on your heart to give something today, there are um, boxes at the back, little black boxes um, as you walk out. Also, our ushers, to make it easier, they'll have buckets um, that you can just drop it in on your way out so you've got some time to prepare that. Of course, there's the contactless option, which is uh, text to give and giving online. All those options are still available. We appreciate all of you that continue to give and continue to be faithful. Um, it's amazing, all the testimonies that are coming out of that and what God has done in people's lives through giving, not only in their personal lives, but also because of what we're able to accomplish here at church because of your giving. So thank you so much for that. We do have a few announcements. There's one announcement that didn't quite make it. I didn't get it to Kimmy in time um, that I want to highlight before we play the video. And that's uh, Young Life is doing a leader's interest meeting at the end of the month. Um, you can sign up if you need more information with Lee Jane in the lobby. She'll be out there in the lobby near the coffee bar um, if you would like some more information on that. All right. Other than that, let's uh, pay attention to the screens, get those announcements before Pastor Corey comes up. What's up, guys? We are so excited that you're here. Welcome to another Sunday service. We have just a couple of announcements for you. First of all, um, we have our Seeking God Together group. It's on Facebook. If you are on Facebook, go find that group, join. There's been some amazing conversations going on, people asking questions. It's been incredible. Um, and if you're not on Facebook, there is also a link to a blog where we're putting a lot of these posts as well. Um, and as well, we want to encourage you guys, in the, especially during this time, to find a DNA group. So there is, a, if, you, if you're like, I want to do it, but I don't know who, I don't, I don't know. There is a link on our website now um, where you can click and um, just say I'm interested in and we can start plugging people together that are interested in doing it. So yep. check it out. All of it's on our Facebook page. And then also we have food pantry stocking the shelves this Thursday at 6. Tuesday. Dang it. It's Tuesday. It's Tuesday at 6 o'clock. Uh, don't miss it's on the 12th. The 12th, Tuesday the 12th. We'll get it right at 6 o'clock. Don't miss that. It's super awesome. We always need extra hands to stock the shelves for the food pantry. We love the food pantry. You just meet down there and it, you knock it out in like an hour? Yeah, super easy. The more hands, the faster it goes. Yeah. Um, and then finally, we're needing some more volunteers, whether it's holding a door, shaking, well, not shaking hands. We don't really do that now, but greeting, fist bumps, elbows, loving on babies. We could really use some more um, kids and uh, CF Littles volunteers. So if you've been thinking about wanting to get plugged in more, that's an incredible way to do it. So there's a link on our website, serve here, go fill out the information and we will get you in contact with who you need. That's it. That's, that's all it. the announcements. We're so excited to have this Sunday with you guys. Pastor Corey is coming up. Let's get this started. Bye y'all. Bye. Right. Um, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna jump right in. So, guys, over the last, uh, let's see, this, this is week two. Um, so, over the last last Sunday, I, as I think about it, uh, we started a new series last week, um, and uh, with that, we've also we've we've established this little uh, 
Seeking God Together Facebook group. I know a lot of people have already asked to join, become a part of that. And it's just where we're daily talking about, uh, we're in a 21-day fast, and so we're, we're talking about that, but, but more so than just that, we're talking about what is God doing for you right now? What, what is God doing in your life? And, and I think the tendency for a lot of us, uh, especially when we hear a word like fasting, we're like, nope, don't, don't want to do it. So over on Sundays, what I've been doing is just taking the opportunity, and today's just going to be another example of fasting within the Bible, showing you what it was talking about, what was going on, and as well the power behind and what can then happen within your own life when you just decide to seek God, seek Him first. Um, what I want to do is... Uh, is continue with our seeking God together and hold on let me make sure we're I'm I'm connected we're good um, and uh, today what I want to do is is I want to I want to I want to share a message with you that I'm calling an occasion for faith um, an occasion for faith because I, I think that what happens in our lives every single one of us can agree that that occasions happen every day. In every single one of our lives, what, what, there's just instances, there's things that come up. Life happens. Uh, God himself said, in this world you will have trouble. Look, life is going to be troublesome at times. That's just life. But that scripture continues with, but take heart, do not fear, trust in God. So the idea, guys, is, is okay, yes, we're going to be faced with occasions every day. And, and I think the problem has become, in our minds, we've been told or we've been raised or we've been taught that that. Okay, if, if you're experiencing fear, then you don't have faith. And I think with that mindset, what it's created is just the, these people that as soon as they realize they are in fear, because fear is natural, fear is human, it, it occurs. And so when we are in fear, our first thought is, wow, I, I don't have enough faith. And immediately our faith is, is then almost just squashed down where we're, we're, we send ourselves in this kind of reciprocating cycle where we're, we're sitting there thinking, wow, I really, I really can't make it. I'm, I'm not going to be able to, oh my gosh, I don't have enough. <laughs> um, but I, I, don't, I don't believe that's correct. I, I want to share a story with you out of 2 Chronicles chapter 20 today. And I'm going to read verse 1, and it says this. It says, after this, the armies of the Moabites, the Ammonites, and some of the Munites declare war on Jehoshaphat. It's random. All of a sudden, three different armies decide to come together to defeat this one man, Jehoshaphat. The story of Jehoshaphat is a... Uh, it's a tremendous example of an occasion for faith. I think it's a tremendous example of what it looks like to see a people come together in seeking God together, just like we're doing right now. But we need to go back. We need to understand what's previously happened to understand this, this after this, the armies of. There's an after this. So there's something that's already occurred. And what I want to do is just kind of give you the, 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 the quick notes. The quick notes is this, Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat was a, a very young king. He was the king of Judah, 35 years old when he became king. And he was a, a phenomenal man. He, he, he sought after God, he, he, he looked after God, and he, he constantly worshipped, praised God, and, and kept God first and foremost in his life, for the most part. But it was just this time of, of prosper. 
Um, but Jehoshaphat ended up making uh, a mistake in life. How many of you have ever made a mistake in life? All right, all right. That's, there's a few of you. That's good. Uh, so Jehoshaphat made a mistake, we all do, but one of the big mistakes comes just two chapters before this, before chapter 20 and chapter 18, you can read about it, and it came about because of a bad friendship. Who's ever made a mistake because of the wrong choice in a friend? <laughs> Jehoshaphat's mistake, remember Jehoshaphat is the king of Judah, Jehoshaphat's mistake was that he was buddy-buddy, uh, really close friends with a guy by the name of King Ahab. King Ahab was king of Israel. He, he's also known as, as one of the most wicked people that, that has ever lived. I mean, he just, he hated Christianity, hated God, did everything he could to go around. His wife was Jezebel, another name we know. I, I, was, this was just, uh, this was a couple that, that did everything opposite of what Jehoshaphat did. And so Jehoshaphat and his friend, all of a sudden, they get together one day, and, and King Ahab looks at him and says, hey, buddy, uh, you know what? I'm thinking about running down. There's this town across the way that, uh, this kingdom, I don't like them. Uh, they haven't been good. Uh, we're rolling our army up over there. We're just going to annihilate them. We're going to take them out. I need a rolling partner. Jehoshaphat, he, he's buddy-buddy with, with King Ahab, and, and the problem was is he doesn't listen to whether God would have him do this. He's just like, yeah, let's roll. Let's do it. Hold on just a second. got to go get mine. I don't know. I don't think that's what they did. But in his mind, he, he thought about God. He thought about seeking God, but, but then he didn't listen to what God would have him do in this situation. So many times, I think, in lives, I mean, it, it's good for Christians to, to have friends outside of this circle. It's good to have friends, friends that, that you're influencing, though. Friends that, that, that you're, you're helping to make better choices. Not friends that say, hey, yo, we're going to go roll up on this house and take it out. You want to go with me? And you're like, yeah, let's go. Bad choices. Here's where it got a little fishy, a little weird, but Jehoshaphat, I don't think he figured it out quick enough. King Ahab comes to Jehoshaphat and he says, listen, normally we run into battle and, and we wear our, our royal robes. And, and I still want you to do that because, man, it just looks awesome. It's powerful. It's mighty. But, but I'm going to play a little trick on the guys. I'm, I'm just going to dress up as a common warrior, okay? But you stay in your robes. It's going to be awesome. It'll be cool. Break. Let's go to war. Again, remember this line. Who, uh, where is it? There we go. Those people, those people, and some of those people declared war on Jehoshaphat, right? That's coming up. But Jehoshaphat's over here. He's, he's seeking God, but he's making, making a bad decision. So he follows after God. He, or excuse me, he follows after King Ahab. They go into battle, and, and very quickly he realizes that these armies that are coming against Ahab, or that Ahab's trying to attack, their whole intent is to kill the royal people, to kill Ahab. So they're running through the battlefield, literally skipping all the different little battles going on, specifically looking for royal robes. Jehoshaphat's kind of like, wait, wait, wait a second. I mean, he's running, he's dodging, he's ducking, he's moving, he's getting out of the way. Finally, it dawns on him, oh, wait, wait no, not my friend, Ahab. 
Anyway, Jehoshaphat makes it out of this war, makes it out alive. King Ahab ends up dying by a stray arrow. When they were shooting at the royal people, they accidentally shot an arrow over here, and it just happened to pierce through the armor of King Ahab just in the right spot, and he laid dead on the battlefield. Well, he actually he drug himself out and watched the battlefield. <laughs> but Jehoshaphat, in this moment, all of a sudden, he, he comes out of it. And, and, and there was this, this beautiful moment where where he comes back before God, and, and God uh, chastises him, gets on to him, telling him, look, you, you should have asked me what I thought about this. Before you just dive into something, you should have asked me what I thought. If we're in a relationship, if I'm not just Sunday God, you, you should have taken the time to say, God, I, I need to hear what you would do in this situation. If you are my everything, then, then I should take the time to let him know that. Ask what I would do in this situation, God says. And what came from this was this, this moment, uh, a period of spiritual revival. So Jehoshaphat, it, it took him making this mistake, but then realizing how quickly he could do something in his life that would mess up life itself for him. It would change drastically his life. It took this radical moment, this life-altering moment for him to realize, ah, man, I've got to give even more of myself to God. I've got to give him my everything. All of that, this, this, this time, this period is recorded in, in uh, 2 Chronicles 19. It's one of the greatest spiritual periods, I believe, in, in the kingdom of Judah. And Jer uh, excuse me, Jehoshaphat does so much just trying to bring revival. He's, he's touring the countryside. He's telling the, the whole nation of Judah, listen, guys, God is everything. God needs to be your everything. Such revival, reforming things, seeking after God's heart, leading so well, and that, that then leads us into verse 1 of chapter 20. When all of a sudden, three different nations wake up one random day and go, hey, you know what we should do? Let's kill Jehoshaphat. You? You want to? Yeah? <laughs> you too? Awesome. Your army, your army, my army, let's go. All of a sudden, random, right in the middle of Jehoshaphat's revival for God. Let's destroy Judah. Let's kill Jehoshaphat. I want to continue on through this because, man, I, I want to work my way all the way down through, uh, through most of this story for you today. And so let's, let's jump down or continue on in verse 2. It says this, messengers came and told Jehoshaphat that there's a vast army coming from Edom marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They are already at that place. Basically saying, it's several days away. There's, a, there's this vast army, this three armies come together to form the super mega army coming after you. Notice Jehoshaphat's response in verse 3. Jehoshaphat was terrified by the news. Jehoshaphat was afraid. Look, that's normal. It, it's, a, it's a humane response. It's, it's, a, it's, it's something that just naturally occurs. He was afraid. He was terrified. With three armies coming together to form a super army, yeah, I'll give you fear. They're coming to kill you, right? But he didn't stop at fear. He didn't look at fear as this instance or this realization of, of I'm going to lose. He used fear as an occasion for faith. Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news and determined... Another version reads that he set his mind to. In other words, he made a conscious decision. 
He woke up and he said, even though this is happening, even though this is right in front of me, even though death itself looks like it's knocking at my door, I'm determined to seek the Lord. And he proclaimed a period of fasting throughout all of Judah. Now, if we're real, if we're honest, you, you, you get somebody coming up and saying, hey, FYI, you've got two, three days. Somebody's going to kill you. Look, what are you doing? I, you know, quick, some YouTube channels on swordsmanship. How to thrust. Just, I mean, I'm going out swinging, right? I'm, okay, two-handed, we're going to hold. going to read today's popular bestseller, Throwing the Long Spear, How to Hit Your Mark in 2021. <laughs> There's a whole lot of other things that I could be doing when you know that you're facing death. Because in the natural, that's what it looked like. It looked like a storm was coming, a mountain was coming, an obstacle was coming. Something was coming against him that would certainly had no other option but to end in death. But Jehoshaphat determined to seek the Lord, proclaiming a period of fasting throughout all of Judah. No, we're not going to sharpen. Uh, well, well, hey, look, God knows the army's coming, so God wants me to sharpen my weapons and get ready. Did God tell you that? See, he had just made that mistake. He had just made the mistake of running full on into, into battle, thinking that he was doing the right thing, but never bothering to ask God what the right thing was. Jehoshaphat was afraid and turned his attention to seeking God. Uh, the enemy would have you think it has to be one or the other. Either you're afraid or, or you have faith for God. But I'm telling you, fear is not the opposite of faith. Fear is an occasion for faith. And notice, he, he didn't just set himself to seek after God. He tells the whole nation, hey, all of us, let's come together. We're going to fast. We're going to pray. We're going to seek God. We're going to take these last few days waiting for an army to get here to kill us, to annihilate us, and we're going to pray and seek God together. Continuing on in verse 4, it says, So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah in Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? Do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And, and God, in your hand, is there not power, is there not might, so that no one else is able to withstand you? Huh. Man, he's... He's pumping the primer, right? He, he's, he's building up his own faith. He's, he's sitting there encouraging himself, encouraging the people, reminding himself, reminding the people how big God is. When your trials are feeling overwhelming, like they're going to get the better of you, like you don't know if you can even make it doing this another day, it may be time to remind your trials how big your God is. Continuing on in verse 7, jumping down, it says this. He's still, he's still uh, praying to God. He says, God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people, Israel, arrived? And did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? 
Again, he's pumping the primer. He's reminding himself of God's promises that have come from before through the prophets of old. What's written that we have today in Scripture, the promises of God, he's reminding himself. He continues on in verse 10. He says, and now see what the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir are doing. You would not let our ancestors invade those nations when Israel left Egypt. So they went around them, and we didn't destroy them. But now you see how they reward us, for they have come to throw us out of your land, God, which you gave us as an inheritance. Backstory. 500-plus years before, Moses goes before Egypt, before Pharaoh, and says, let my people go. After a series of plagues, Moses leads the Israelites out across the Red Sea, Egyptian army destroyed. But then, because of some mistakes that Moses had made in his life, because of things that had happened, they, they wander the desert kind of aimlessly for, for 40 years. After that, or no, yes, oh, I messed up the date on that. I don't remember it. But this is recorded, so it's out there for eternity. God bless. So they wander, they, they wander the desert, but then after that, there's Moses starts training up Joshua. Joshua and Moses, they end up, Joshua crosses into the promised land. And, and, and as Joshua takes the people into the promised land, what God says is, is hey, we're going to destroy all these other, these other nations that are trying to come against you. This is your land that I am giving you. And so all of a sudden, one of the first ones that they come up to, we know the, the battle of Jericho. Joshua fought the battle at Jericho. Well, there was a number of other cities and places and people that, that, uh, that they kind of went in and, and had, to, had to stop from, from attacking them and attack them and, and, and kind of create this place where God had already set aside for them. But then all of a sudden, they came upon these three cities, these three areas. And God told Joshua, I don't want you to drive them out. Leave them. And quite honestly, to the children of Israel, it would have seemed weird to leave them there. Hey, God, won't this create a problem? You've said this is, this is God's promised land for us, our land, but, but there's, there's these others on this land. Won't, won't that create an issue someday? And so Jehoshaphat, as he's praying, he's honest with God. God, look, I, I trust you, but... I'm just reminding you, we're getting attacked by the very people you told us not to attack. So uh, there's that, uh, if you will. It, it's just this, this beautif beautifully humane human emotion before God, descriptive here in passage. Continuing in verse 12, he's still crying out to God. He says, God, will you not judge them? And then listen to the honesty here. He says... For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us. God, you're, you're going to have to take control of this because I don't even know what to do. I, I'm lost. I, I've never seen an army this big. I, I don't have an army comparable. We, there, there's nothing but doom is what it looks like for me, God. But nevertheless, but regardless of all of that, no matter what it looks like in the natural, God, our eyes are on you. Our eyes are on you. The thing is, the more you stare at your troubles, the more you stare at your worries, the more 
You'll daily be invaded by anxiety, by stress, by depression, by sleepless nights, by just pain. You forfeit your own peace. But when you choose to do what Jehoshaphat does here, when you look at the natural situation and you recognize fear, you realize, okay, I'm afraid. I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know what's even coming against me. I don't know what's going to happen in this. I don't know. But through that, you say, God, I'm, I'm going to choose to trust you. I don't understand why you, you didn't do this. For, for Joshua, I mean, excuse me, for Jehoshaphat, it was, it was a moment that would have said, God, look, I, I don't understand why you didn't let us drive them out. And I, and I don't understand why after this, this last period where I've been trying to seek you and I've been running around the countryside telling everybody how awesome you are, that, that, that three armies would just decide to come up out of nowhere and, and annihilate all of us. I don't get it, God. I don't know why you would allow this to happen. But you are God in heaven and I will trust you. I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you, God. quite honestly where I think every single one of us needs to be as we step into 2021. So everybody gathers together and God speaks through a, a, another pastor, a Levite, a worshiper, and, he, and this, this worshiper stands up and, and he says this, he says, listen, a word of God has come to me. He, he stands up to give the word of God saying, listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you too, King Jehoshaphat. The Lord says to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude for the battle is not yours. The battle is God's. He continues on. He says, tomorrow, go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and, and you will find them at the end of this brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight this battle. Position yourselves and, and then stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is to go before you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord is with you. So God is telling them, look, you're going to have to put on your armor. You're going to have to assemble together. You're going to have to uh, get in formation. You're going to have to walk out into the battlefield. And then I want you to stand there. You just stand. I mean, can I like, have my sword drawn at least? No, I want you to just stand there and watch. See the salvation I'll bring. But just know that you're not fighting this battle. This battle belongs to God. Continuing on in verse 18, it says, King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. And then jumping just a little bit, it says, Early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. Now, r real quick, before I jump to this next verse, continuing on, or early the next morning, so how many of you have ever in your life had this really powerful God moment on a Sunday morning where you're like, oh man, God, this is awesome, I know you've called me to this or, or that, or man, I just feel empowered, God, I feel renewed, I feel excited, and then Monday hits, and you're like, yeah, Monday blues. Gonna go to work. Early the next morning, 
Here's what Jehoshaphat does. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, listen to me, listen to me. All you people of Judah and Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. The message, the word that he's already given you, believe in it, and you will succeed. You will be able to stand firm. He's just re-pepping. He's reminding them again. They came off this powerful moment where the whole nation bowed before God. They're, they're excited. They're like, yeah, God, you've got this. Uh. And then the next morning, they're putting on their battle gear going, oh, God, I'm going to my death. <laughs> so Jehoshaphat again gives them a little pep talk on their way. And then listen to this. After consulting the people, the king, King Jehoshaphat, appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang, give thanks to the Lord, his faithful love endures forever. So the, the army, again, e even as Jehoshaphat is giving this other speech, in my mind, he's realizing there, there's still that, that fear. There's still that moment where, where they have a choice to make. Is this an occasion for faith, or, or am I going to be wallowing and swallowed up by the fear that I'm living in? And so he makes this profound decision. All right, guys, normally, normally we go into the battlefield and we line the archers up. Archers, you get ready and you shoot, and then our chariots, our chariots run in right behind them. Axe welders, come on, hold them up. Give me those swords high. We're all going to battle in. Right? This time he goes, no, 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 no chariots, no archers, no swordsmen, none of that. What we're doing is we're, we're going we're to put the singers out front. Singers in the back going, excuse me, what? Hold on. <laughs> I'm singing, <laughs> I'm singing, I'm walking into battle, but I'm singing into the front lines, but I'm singing. <laughs> Jehoshaphat was establishing their worship going before them. Their faith. He was establishing an occasion for faith. He was establishing that before they even walked into the battlefield. Reminding them that, that this wasn't their battle. That it was God's. What are you focused on today? What do you continue to look at? What do you continue to worry about? Or, or do you fill your mind, do you fill your daily steps by, by leading out in song and worship and praise and adoration to God? They were just meant to watch him deliver them, not fight the battle. And because of that, they chose to lead with worship. And I, and I truly believe, and I, I pray that's what you, you realize and see through this, this 21 days of fasting and, and praying. Look, I don't want this just to be another 21 days, but more so what I want us to recognize is the power and the impact as we step into 2021, that we're leading with our worship, that regardless of what happens in the natural, that regardless of what happens in your world, regardless of what the doctor's report may say today, regardless of the pink slip that you may get tomorrow, regardless of all the things that could happen I'm going to lead I'm going to step out and praise God I'm going to have faith Lord that no matter what comes I can trust you and I can hold on to you but it's, it's setting ourselves up for the year. It's a, it's a picture of us as the church saying, we're not going to take a step into this year without first sending our worship out ahead of us this battle belongs to God 
Look, and I would encourage you that the effects of, of what seems like nothing more than just the beginning of the year, 21 days, it's not even all of January. The effects of this time are going to be felt all year long, not just while you're in it. Guys, because fasting is, it's not about what you get during it. I've heard a lot of people say, Corey, I already, already have a prayer life. And that's awesome. That's good for those of you that do. For those of you that don't, this is an opportunity as well. But, but for those of you that do, fa fasting is an opportunity to take your prayer life and, and say, okay, God, look, I, I know I trust you, but I want, I want to recognize and I want to align my whole body up with your word. Every thought, every process, everything that comes into me, Lord God, so, so I'm going to neglect or I'm going to put aside what I would normally feed myself today. Whatever that is in your life, whatever area, whether you normally feed yourself with social media, whether you normally feed yourself with food, whether you normally, whatever it is in your life, taking a moment to say, God, I, I think I rely on this daily, but, but what, I really did, what I really rely on is, is you. So, so every time I'm thinking about this other thing that I think I need, I'm going to remind myself that I only need you. I'm going to live a life based on worship instead of fear. I'm going to send my song out first. And, and, and I promise you, guys, there's going to be effects that you feel throughout the year as we seek God together. So, continuing on in our story, jumping to verse 22, Japhat, he's got the singers out front. And it says this, at the very moment they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting amongst themselves. Notice, notice in that scripture, notice in that first line, the very moment they started to praise. Now, was there still fear going on in their life? They weren't seeing what was happening on the battlefield. They're still making their way to the battlefield. But at the very moment, back here, when they realized, when they recognized an occasion for faith, at that moment, God was already working in the situation. So although they didn't see it, although they still thought that they were going to walk out and see this massive super army, God was already working. They start fighting amongst themselves. The armies of Moab and Mamam turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. And then, as thick as thieves, after they had destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. They hadn't raised a sword. They, they hadn't loosed one arrow with nothing more than the song in their heart and the praise on their lips. God did what he said he would do. All they had to do was recognize an occasion for faith because the battle belongs to the Lord. I want to I keep reading in this, though, because what, what comes of it is just amazing. Listen to this in verse 25. King Jehoshaphat and his men, they went out to gather the plunder. They found vast amounts of equipment, clothing, and other valuables, more than they could carry. There was so much gold and silver, so much plunder, that it took them three days just to collect it all. On the fourth day... They gathered in the Valley of Blessing, which got its name that day because the people praised and thanked the Lord there. It is still called the Valley of Blessing today. The same valley 
where just a couple days ago they were afraid every single one of them was going to die. The very situation, the very area that they looked at and thought, this is imminent death. There's no way I can get beyond this point. In the end, to this day, its name would be the Valley of Blessing. And I have to think that when Jehoshaphat was asking God, God, why, why, didn't, why didn't you let Moses and Joshua take them out back then? At the very beginning of all of this, when, when, when Jehoshaphat was reminding God, more so just building up himself. God, why didn't you already handle this situation for me? Because God, now it looks like an occasion for fear. I wonder if all the while God was like, look, I didn't take him out then because I know you needed the resources here. Some 500 years later, 500 years later, and think about it. Why, why, why in the world do you carry all your valuables to the battlefield? Three armies came together. Let's kill Jehoshaphat. But hey, I'm thinking we roll up, you know, with like all our gold, everything we got. If we could like just, you know, ooh, yeah, take that too. That's, a, mm, that's worth a lot. Definitely take that. Oh, you're not wearing your really expensive robe today? You should, wear, you should wear the expensive robe today. <laughs> they brought all their possessions with them to the battlefield. And if I, I wonder if the whole time it wasn't just God wanting to bless the people that were seeking God together. Taking an opportunity that, that was meant to be fearful. Taking that opportunity for fear, but, but creating an occasion for faith. God had blessing written all over this story way before that the, 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 the Jehoshaphat even walked into the situation. And I was thinking about how this story, I, this whole, this passage, I, if it teaches us anything, as the, the worship team comes up and I close... I was thinking about this and, and, and just how does it practically apply for us today? What, what does this mean for us tomorrow as, as we face our battle, as we face tomorrow with everything that it has, that with everything that's coming against me tomorrow, with, with that opportunity to wake up tomorrow and go, oh. I think it really teaches us that the very things that we thought at one point were going to destroy us, may have been there all along to bless us. The very things that you looked at in your life and you thought, oh my God, I, I, I don't know what, I don't know. It very well may be the setup that God wants to use to bless your life, to change your life. Not just change your life, but, but to change generations. To change lives for eternity. Think about, think about the name. Valley of Blessing. Valley of Blessing, up until this day, it had never been called by that name. It was just a dry wilderness. It was described as a dry wilderness. God himself described the area. When the Lord was speaking through the prophet, he used three different names and locations to try and describe this area where the battle would be. It was nameless. It was that black unknown. It, it, it was that tomorrow that, that you don't know that you can face. It was, it was this unknown, what is going to happen in my life tomorrow? Because I don't see it, God. I don't recognize it. And from that day forward, God changed its name to the Valley of Blessing. 
in the middle of what you thought would destroy you. Because you saw, even in your fear, an occasion for faith. Because you chose to seek God together in the face of uh, uh, fear, in the face of, uh, right in the face of fear, not, not worried about, fa- oh, I'm, I'm fearful, so I must not have faith. God established a new foundation. God established a name that would last for generations. And so the same, I know that he wants to do in something in your life today. There's blackness tomorrow. There's, there's darkness tomorrow. There's something tomorrow that you're worried about, that you're concerned about. You haven't named it. You, some of you have. You've, you've named it the wilderness. You've named it this place, that place, and all these things. But all of them look like they're just going to destroy you. And all the while, God is saying, look, I want to change not just you, but I want to change your family. I want to change generations. I want to change your life. I want to give you an opportunity. I want to show you the valley of blessing. In the very thing that you thought would destroy you, God's saying, I'm going to enrich your life. What valley are you in right now that God wants to rename? You have an occasion for faith. You, you can choose to wallow in your fear, or you can use fear as, a, as, a, as this prompt, this recognition. God, God, I've got to stand on your word. I've got to remember what the prophets of old have said in your word. God, I've got to remember the promises that you gave me, and I'm going to stand firm, Lord Jesus. Come on. Look, guys, I, I, I encourage you. I know that there's people here this morning and you're in a valley that doesn't feel like it's a blessing. It feels like a a dry wilderness and and I encourage you this morning. I want each and every one of us, we're we're gonna stand in faith and speak blessing over our wilderness, over our dry areas, over those areas that we thought for sure were gonna destroy us. It's a matter of believing that God has a plan. And then resolving, determining in your mind, setting your mind, your faith to focus on God. To trust Him. To honor Him. We're not going to wallow in our fear. We're going we're to recognize an occasion for faith. I want to real quickly reread to you verse 20. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe in his prophets, his word that was given to you by the prophets of old, and you shall prosper. Guys, I I truly believe that that our 21-day fast is, is to establish a precedent within our lives for a year of believing in God. This isn't 21 days and then we forget. This is setting up standards within our own life, setting, determining our mind, God, I'm gonna seek after you daily. I'm gonna seek after you, Lord God, even in the hard times. God, I'm going to seek after you in the good times. God, I'm just going to seek after you because you, God, are faithful. You're true. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Your promises are the same for me, God. And you've promised, Lord, that I will have life. You've promised that I will have life abundantly, Lord God. So even though I've lost my job, even though the doctor's report said you have this many months, or no matter what comes, God, I'm going to stand in faith. I'm going to believe your word. Knowing we will prosper when we, get, when we don't get bogged down in our fears. Guys, I want to believe that God is preparing us for a valley of blessing. An occasion for faith. And in the meantime, in the meantime, no matter what we see in the natural, we're going to let our voices go before us into this year. 
We're going to let our song of victory go before us into 2021. Amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord a clap offering as you stand up and I pray. Stand up with me, church. Hallelujah. Lord God, I thank you. Lord God, I thank you. Lord God, I thank you. You are my everything, Lord Jesus. I lean in on you. I can't make it on my own, Lord God. I can't make it through the situations, the obstacles, Lord Jesus. But, Lord God, I know you can. And it's not my battle. So I'm not going to fight it. Because I know you got it. Lord God, across this room right now, I, I pray for people, for situations that, that, that people are facing. As they, as they see darkness, maybe it's an unknown, maybe it's a wilderness, maybe it's hurt, pain. Lord God, maybe it's just lonely. Whatever that battle is, Lord God, that just seems to constantly loom on the horizon, Father, I pray right now that together as a nation, as the people of God, that we would stand up and say, Father, we're seeking you. We're standing upon your word. We're standing, Lord Jesus, upon the truth that cannot be changed. Father, as a people, we come together acknowledging our faith, our hope in you, in who you are, Lord God. And recognizing that every day is an occasion for faith. Every day is an occasion, Lord God, not to put another scowl on and say, I'm a Christian, Lord God, but instead to show the joy that's been given to us. The joy that we have, the hope that is eternal, Lord Jesus. Father, I thank you for lives across this room. And now, Lord Jesus, as I pray, I, I pray, I pray, Father, that this wouldn't just be some sort of pat on the back, encouraging word, Lord God, but so much more. The people across this room that are tuning in online would hear this, Father, would wake up tomorrow and not get bogged down in the fear, but would take a step out in faith. And then the day after that, Lord God, that again, they'd be able to wake up, Lord Jesus, and, and not again be bogged down by fear, by worry, Lord Jesus, but instead be able to focus on you, turn their attention to you, give you, Father, the glory and praise that you are. Father, I thank you for the victory that we already have as we sing our song of praise into this next year, Lord God. It's in the name of your Son that we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Come on. You move the Come on, church, let's sing this song with us. As we lead, come on, one more time. Join with us in your lead. an opportunity, an occasion for your miraculous power to be shown.
Father, we thank you for all that you are, Lord Jesus. We put you first and foremost. Amen, amen, amen. Guys, God bless you all. Y'all have a wonderful, wonderful Sunday afternoon. Remember, God's got it. God bless you.